Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now oh. are you ready? Portugal gossip, yeah? Loads of it. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon once again, and at great personal sacrifice in the case of JB and Phil. Oh. I, I just want to say, fair play lads. Yeah. Fair play. The stuff we, the stuff we went through. Um, did you get powdered pepper on your eggs? Uh, did I have powdered pepper? Yeah, powdered pepper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stuff the stuff we went through was just unbelievable, unbelievable. No, g- genuinely, to be sat here on a Sunday night, making sure that there is a fix of rugby on a Monday morning after you've just caned it in Lisbon for <laughs> forty eight eventful hours, which I'm sure we'll hear all about. That's uh, that, that's the, that's the lengths we go to. That's how important it is that the, the podcast is there for you every Monday Absolutely morning. Absolutely vital, yeah. vital. Yeah, but we were only actually in Lisbon for about 40 hours. Yeah, we were there. 36 hours or so. Like, How long have you been here? And look, look at watch and go, 10 hours? When you yeah. leave? <laughs> Eight hours. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Two nights. <laughs> well, if you. It was good. I, I fully appreciate the sacrifice and the effort you've gone to just to make sure this podcast happens. If you appreciate it as well, then you can uh, repay JB and Phil uh, for their engine that they're demonstrating right now by uh, going and hitting subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, uh, by leaving a five star review. Or by going to patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Come on, let's get some gossip from uh, Lisbon then. How was it? I've not been. Good city. Good city. Small. Not a Barcelona, not a Madrid, but ve- a lot of fun. But small in the sense that you could be there for a short period of time and kind of feel like you... So yeah, we saw a lot of the city. Um, you could walk across it quite easily. Sounds a bit like Manchester then, scale-wise. Uh, was it even yeah. Smaller, I'd smaller. Say. Okay. Yeah, considerably yeah, smaller. I'd say so. I assume... Yeah, I, d- I have no idea what the population is, but it, it did feel, and it's quite, it's generally quite low rise as well. There's yeah. a few rooftop bars, but no, not nothing. Well, we only went to five. Maybe that just five. means you get good views at the rooftop bars. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. nothing more than about eight stories, uh, or very little more than eight, about eight stories. Long is that is that enough altitude to drink at? Yeah, yeah, we feel so. Um, yeah, and it's quite <laughs> hilly as well. So you're on a hill. Yeah, great stories up on a hill. So, so that we helps. Two rooftop, three, three on the first night. Uh, maybe another two the next night. Well, one called Park. It has got a beautiful view of the bridge. That yeah, Park was good for us. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. And what about the local drinks? Did you what did you have? Uh, we tried to avoid su- Super Bock. Uh, <laughs> we did end up having a bit. Do you know what? We didn't bock. have any ports. Oh, there was the. We, we was didn't the port, have port, Porto the, Tonico. Porto Tonico. Yeah. No, we didn't have any of that. I don't know how we, we did have quite a lot of Vino Verde. Lots of Vino Verde. Excellent. And just lots of beer and white wine good. and. 
bit, bit of everything. Bit of everything, yeah. And was there was there any much appetite for rugby? There wasn't the Irish bar. <laughs> Good. Absolutely rammed, yeah. So in, we bumped into of, of expats or, uh, or well, weirdly, like locals as well. A lot of French people. Lo- in, yeah. in oh, okay. The, the bar that we watched the game in, it was it was probably fifty percent French, then a load of Irish. The French were brilliant lads. The French were really really good company. Um, they, were, they were great fun. And as were the Irish fellas, to be fair. Yeah, the they, Irish fellas. They were awesome. had a, a few beers with had Brett a few beers with, with uh, Tony as well. Big Tone, uh, yeah. Big Tone, Swiss Tone, Portuguese tra- tra- Tony, traveling around. The world, Europe. I, I, know. Camp of does, I wouldn't mind tra- one of our awesome. long-time listeners who uh, met up with you in in, in Lisbon. I, I wouldn't mind just swapping lives with Tony for a couple of months. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Loves it. It's class. It's nice. Sometimes um, it's good just to meet up with a fellow rugby fan and really gnaws out on the construction of Leicester Tigers squad for next year. <laughs> <laughs> really get into the weeds. In a, in a way, if you were there for such a short period of time, I mean, you would have loved to have seen Portugal... Uh, play in yeah, the rugby Europe championship. We would have done. It would have condensed your yeah. your visit even more. Exactly. Well, I tell you what. When you when we went there, an interesting thing was two Portuguese people asked us if we were here to see Six Nations. Mm. So the lady on the counter at the hotel, yeah, um, she immediately asked Six Nations, and the next receptionist came on. The guy uh, played played on the wing for somebody. Yeah, oh. played a Port- Portuguese chap who played yeah. a bit of rugby when he was younger. Yeah, it would have been very good to get a little bit more involved in the local Portuguese rugby, see what they're up to, but you know, with time constraints and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You know. no, well, next time we go, it'll be for maybe like three or four days, and we can find a local team to turn out for. Yes, on the Saturday yes. Yeah, that'll be quite fun. In fact, any offers like local teams? We, we did. Oh yeah, absolute tear up on Friday, as you would expect. Yeah, and we stayed true to our word. Got up, went for a ten. Well, seven, 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 seven kilometer run. Well done. First thing in the morning. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know if that was just going to be big talk. All up here. No, we did it. Yeah. I'm impressed. It. Managed it. Craw- crawled out of bed. Well no done. phone, no bank card. Well done. Obviously, standard. Yeah, JB Stan- lost his phone and standard, bank card. Yeah, standard continental fare. I, do you know what? Next time I go overseas. I'm literally going to land and throw my phone on the tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need Just, this. I'm, uh, I'm not looking forward to it. So I obviously paid for everything, everything. then from uh, whatever time you lost your card at, say, 10 o'clock on Friday night yep. through to today, including our sushi treat that we had when we landed back in the UK. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to looking at my bank statement. No, I'm not looking forward to getting <laughs> the bill. Week, this week, yeah. Well, you'll never know. I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll sort it out, don't worry. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it was very, very good fun. Well done. Yeah, good effort. Um, um, yeah. Any other highlights? We had the we had the worst croquettes I've ever had. They were bad. Oh, and that's we had to, we had to send them back. We yeah. had to. Yeah, that was in a rooftop bar. Yeah. We, to, we refused to pay for them. How was that bad? Croquettes wrong. Croquettes are one of my favourite things. Every time I go to the uh, Iberian Peninsula, I just want more and more croquettes. So we ordered something quite a nice um, rooftop bar, and they were awful, inedible. Yes. I wouldn't feed them to, like, a gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't let my Labrador no. eat those. It, Rudy's got much better taste than that. Exactly. Now, uh, obviously everything was going fine in Portugal. Where did you watch the game, Tim? What did you watch the games? I I watched some in delay because I, w- I went out paddleboarding. Oh, supping, were we? Supping, I know. Where, uh, yeah. where was that? Windermere. Nice. Lovely. Lovely. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I watched some of them in catch-up and then I watched the France game at home. I'd, I'd, 
Mm. Had some friends staying. Ah, very, very, yeah. very nice. How? So I was going to ask, how dark was the mood after the England game? Um, well, not too bad. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there for sure. But there is. Let's be honest. There is only one place to start. And uh, oh, it's, it's not an advert for whatever that is. It's YouTube Barry advert. Moore's advertising. I don't know, a YouTube advert. But... Josh Adams non è particolarmente persuaso da questa decisione, anche se è considerato il player... That's, that's Josh Adams getting, uh, getting awarded uh, player of the match, man of the match. Well done. <laughs> I'm loving this already. Che il player of the match per una volta vada... Oh, is this in, is this in Italian? Yeah. Here's the line-out about oh, to be taken. Oh, this is going to be incredible, isn't it? No. Really, Bill. Kieran Hardy about to do a box kick. Go on, box kick it, boys. This this kick chase. Lazy kick chase. You're not a winger. If you can't kick, chase a ball, you're not a winger. There you go. Kick, kick halfway. Oh, their own ten meter line. Padovani to Capuazzo. Yes, there we go, boys. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. Do you know, like, that is class. That whole game. That, that, I'm so glad they lost that game. I'm so happy that they lost it. Because we watched, we watched it, and it wasn't high quality. What was it? Wales took them for granted. Uh, when Owen Watkins, Watkins, Watkins scored his try, and, and the Adams, Adams and the Adams try, they're stalling so, it in. so easy. Yeah, half arsing it. Don't chase your kick. Good. Get well, that, get what's coming. That was that. Kick, I watched back that kick chase. That Fantastic. was awful. There's like five fours just ambling forwards. Only a couple of people in the line. Josh Adams misses a tackle on Capozzo. Um, you can shift. God, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. He, he, He's such a talented player. Um, he's so exciting to have him. Like mm. The second coming of, of Minotzi, before mm. Minotzi's even good fi- finished. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he is the real deal. Garbisi's like. face when he kicked the yeah. Yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like one of those iconic sporting moments. Yeah, but you know, even though it's a crowd in, in the Welsh game, I mean, they didn't take it. They they went, and there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. They obviously went for a little day out on the beers. You know, it wasn't a tense match. They. All there for Alan Wynne Jones and to see a procession work yeah, well. Exactly right, exactly right. There wasn't the expectation of a, of a real game, so serves them all right. Beautiful mm. sunshine, get some beers down, you cheer on Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah. By and, the way, uh, away we go. Have you seen the list of Alan Wynne Jones's milestones and the games that he's played on those milestones? Uh, like, I'm sure he's lost on his debut, his 100th cap, his 50th cap, <laughs> injured on Lions Tour, um, now on his 150th cap. Every time he does something big, Something, bad, Something happens. bad happens. Yeah, that was a bad day for him, and and unfortunately for him, like an absolute warrior legend. Well, one of, one of the greats. He did not have a good game. Yeah, as I say, he wasn't on the weekend. You mm. can only judge him by you know how he plays yeah. and how good his last game was. Yeah, he's a great leader, but is now is it time to call it a day on the Alan Wynn Jones? Because you can see that Pivik, as Pivik and Alan Wynn have got one eye on the World Cup next year. Yeah. Eight, eighteen months away. Is that too far? Is it 18 months away? Is it not this year? It is 18 months away. Is it year after? 23. I think, I think Alan Wynne-Jones, um, it's a weird one, because I think just pick your best 15, generally. But I can understand the sentimentality and going, we want to give him his 150th cap at home, in front of a full stadium, while we can. 
and so I totally get that. But but you're, but, but it maybe is symptomatic of the of the attitude that Wales had going into maybe it. Is the, it in in that they were because those two second rows last week played really well. Yeah, and mm. also maybe the treatment of Sergio Perezzi yeah. would be a better way to look at it rather than the treatment of Alan Jones. Um, if, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm glad it puts to bed. Uh, I, I, as I've always said, Italy shouldn't. Uh, face any relegation no exactly. Wales maybe Wales, Wales could it be? get it uh, out no I, I, I'm actually with Sam Warburton on this I still think the principle of giving an aspiration for teams below but I am delighted to see Italy chalking up a win their first mm. in 37 games just, sorry, yeah. just on the Alan Wynn Jones thing right and his age uh, it's my opinion that, at least that I don't think age necessarily makes you a worse player it does make you a less consistent player I, I think that's the difference you don't he you could trot him out tomorrow for a big game and you'd still play him because there's a chance you'll get Alan jones at his peak but I think to turn in performances week in week out at that age then becomes very very difficult I don't think that, well, it's that, possible that's part of the problem for him as well that he's, he's not playing week in week out yeah. he, he is, he's had some bad injuries and he's almost being rushed back like in the Lions tour like now rushed back to play yeah, which have, doesn't seem right he does have one hell of a training methodology to be able to gauge how good Alan Wynne Jones is at the moment without the red hot fire of competition in, say, the Premiership, or you know, imagine if there was some good rugby in Wales to be played, played at club level. But because you don't see it, the only time you get to know if he's declining or mm. improving well, or whatever he's doing is in an international. Equally, I do think he's got enough experience under his belt that he knows how to get himself in the right shape. I think the the point. Yeah, but he'll we've always tell made... himself, won't he? He'll always yeah. tell himself, I can do it. I guess that's true. Mm. But then you look at Johnny Sexton, he hardly plays for Leinster, and they keep him in cotton wool, and maybe that is the way to go. Different players work in different ways, but I do think on this particular occasion, I totally understand the sentimentality, but the two second rows last week played very well. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it probably Wales... It's only in hindsight, it's always 2020, but had it come into them if they're, if they're making selections on sentimentality yeah. and, uh, actually, in we'll a Six it, Nations game? We make it sound mm. a little bit like it is Alan Wynne Jones' loss. No. He played, well, he didn't play great, but he's not the reason that they, he's no. they lost. No, 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 no. It's no. just it happens to be he's his 50th not. cap, and you know, yeah. that's the talking point. Yeah, he wasn't Wales on the pitch. He'd been off the pitch for 20 minutes yeah. when they lost it. Uh, like, I mean, Dan Bigger, not pulling his punches. I saw that. Fanta- I mean, I love Dan Bigger. I love what that What did he man. say? He said... That that was a last chance for a, that that'll, that will have been the last chance for a for a number a, num- of, a good number, number of players. players. Yeah, and he said, "I've we we've said that in the huddle just there." So that's, that's Ooh, pretty, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. So, boys, guess I won't be seeing you guys around. Yeah, <laughs> what do they do with those lads then? Are they allowed to leave Wales now to go to play in the Premiership? <laughs> like, what happens to them? <laughs> Glue factory. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with him. Uh, I do think that the. I think the changes should have been made a while ago because this Welsh team is very much a mixture of the old Gatland legends and some new guys mixed in. It doesn't feel like it's got its own real identity other than they're very hard to beat on occasions. That's it. But then very easy to beat on other occasions. Part part of the problem is the the transition from the old to the new has been accelerated by the fact that most of the old guard, Gatland's boys, were either unavailable for the whole Six Nations or certainly the start of it like like Halloween Jones like Ken Owens like Faletau missed the first bit like George North uh, as examples yeah one of the reasons I've been very down on Wales and have been for a few years now is when Pivik was doing wonders with the Scarlets mm. and they played beautiful rugby I mean really be- you could say that it was some of the most attractive rugby in the Northern Hemisphere they played great when they because they didn't win it did they 
They won the... Oh, top, four, top 14 no, or Pro 14 Pro 14 yeah Pro 16 did they win that Super Rugby Championship Cup Rainbow <laughs> they won something like that uh, but they played amazing rugby and I just think it's very strange that Pivik's in charge of Wales and now it could be that he's an incredibly flexible coach and will play one way with one mm. set of players another way with another set of players but ostensibly as you can pick all the same players that wouldn't make much sense either mm. so I do wonder what is going on and what the influences are for the Wales team to make them play the way that they do. Well, kind of on this, uh, I should have said thank you to Patrick Burt for sending me the, the the email link to that Italian commentary. Fantastic stuff. And uh, contact airchasers at gmail.com. Martin Lewis, uh, not the money-saving one. That's a shame. Uh, he says, uh, hi guys, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, after watching Italy totally outplay, uh, outplay Wales, I'm probably, I'm hoping, probably in vain, that this could actually save the future of Welsh rugby for too long, the national team's success has papered over the cracks of the mm-hmm. mismanagement of the pro game by well the said. WRU. He's an Ospreys fan and feels the union is actually working against the pro sides at times, constantly undermining them with the ever-present threat of cutting teams from four to three and uh, and then wondering why investors aren't keen to invest. Talks about the loan set up there and, um, and, the, and the pro game and the amateur game. And then he says... Um, uh, hoping that there'll be some change. I doubt this will happen, however, after all these are the same people who, after all, these are the same people who put a former geography teacher in charge of a £100 million company. A man who'd rather waste CBC money on a £46 million hotel project or a roof walk at the stadium than investing in the company's core product and supply chain. But I can live in hope. Sorry for the long rant. I know you guys don't have a lot of interest in the URC or Welsh regions, but no, wonder what you true. thought on this. Well... It's true, but the reason I, is, I want I want the Welsh regions yeah, to be good. And by the way, the reasons that we don't have the interest is for the exact reasons that he points out. The, the excellent e- email. Those are the systemic reasons. It's not a good good, good product. There was a Twitter account the other day who made a point that the Welsh rugby union are not run by you know people who'd want it run by, uh, and I'm kind of mixed on this opinion here. So, on the one hand, we all shout, "Wouldn't it be great if?" the union was to represent the players and the teams. And then on the other hand, we say, wouldn't it be great if the union was run by professionals? And I don't think you can have it both way, ways. You can't say we want the union to represent Welsh rugby when literally the whole board is made up of lifelong volunteers from rugby clubs up and down the country. Yeah. And then on the other hand say, yeah, oh, but can we just get rid of that sort of, you know, that natural diversity by replacing them with a whole management class? Well, you know... So, so I don't know what I don't it, know what the it is. It is a to tough Wales. balancing act. Um, but I got another email, and just on this, in terms of the, the the product as a whole, and coming off the back of Six Nations, I was going to make the exact point or, to a T that was made um, from one of our patrons, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers, and Greg got in touch, and he said this, which I'm not, I'm not even joking. When I read it, I could have written it, and it's what I was going <laughs> to say on the pod. Uh, so thank you, Greg. Uh, he messaged saying, having never ever cared about Formula One or sport in general. I'm now sitting with my wife watching F1 highlights at her request. <laughs> she hates Horner and just wants Haas to do well. This is so all many women hate hate Horner. This is all down to drive to survive. Rugby needs a Netflix series. She was buzzing when I showed her the end of the Wales game. Imagine the narrative around Andrzej Capuozzo. Take my mm. money. Uh, I, I could I left when I left the house to come do the podcast. Kate was watching the F1 highlights. Really? <laughs> because of Drive to the Survive. Gate, the gateway to F1. I'm not even joking. Wow. It's a game changer and I totally agree. I, I love it. I, I totally you. agree with Greg. I, the, 
the Six Nations would be the perfect uh, context in which to do a drive to survive type thing for rugby. You've got those national squads you could get right in there for a seven week period. Really get to know the players, make some of them household names, make some of them heroes, make some of them villains, and get get people tuning in. After all, a lot of people have said it's one of those products that is on terrestrial TV. You would have mm. all that access added with all of those, all, all that connection with with the actual players. So please make that happen. So I've not seen Drive to Survive, but some of the storylines, like behind the scenes, that you could get, like. The Eddie Jones stuff behind the scenes could my, be dynamite. My. The Far- Farrell and Farrell, captain of one team and the coach of the other, are <laughs> warring father and son. Yeah, well, could you imagine being the cameraman catching Marland Yard stepping out of his car and Eddie Jones going, how are you, mate? Tired. Tired. F off. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want tired players. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, do you know why so many women hate Christian Horner? No. Do you know why? I don't know who he is. I've not seen Dread to Survive. He, he's, he's the... Well, I mean, I didn't, know I, like any, I didn't know any of these names before... Because yeah. I haven't watched an F1 uh, Grand Prix in, like, 10 years. And, I, you know, I'm now interested. So he's the team manager of... Yeah, the team he, managers are probably the team most Team manager or team director or yeah. whatever it is of uh, Red Bull. Red Bull, okay. And got, he's married to Jerry Halliwell. That'll be... Jerry Horner. That'll be okay. the reason not many people like him, I suspect. Really? Well... As I understand it, and I could just be spreading, I could get sued by Christian Horner, Horner and I don't have the legal defence fund to uh, match him. But um, yeah, I think he might have. Um, I think he might have left his wife at a, 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 a certain time just after he had a kid to go uh, marry Jer- Jerry Halliwell, Jerry Horner. So I don't think he goes down very well in mm, those okay. sort of circles, you know. Mm. Uh, the two principles are amazing. Toto Wolf. Toto Wolf. But you can imagine the same sort of dynamic in rugby, can't you? Uh, I mean, Alex Sanderson would be bloody box office to follow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would love. Uh, well, the- out, out of the Six Nations, who would be? Who would the people come away being? Uh, being like treasures with the audience, and who would be treasures? The I don't know. If, yeah. I think Cause it's easy to say someone like Joe Marler, but I'm, no. I'm trying to think who it would be. Um. Well, of the of, of the coaches, because I think the coaches would be some of the strongest characters. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that Borthwick would be awesome. Oh Not, no, I'm, I'm talking about the Six, Six Nations. Nations. Oh, sorry, Six Nations. Oh, yeah, all of them. It'd be Galtier. <laughs> people, people who kind Galtier. of love, love. He'd be like the Horner. They'd love to hate him, or they'd love him. Galtier. Yeah, I think, no, any, uh, people would hate Eddie Jones. He'd be the villain. Yeah, he'd be very much the. Um, uh, the oh, Galtier would be dynamite as well. Yeah, Galtier would Galtier be dynamite. and Eddie Jones. Yeah, I can imagine being the um, the sort of Hass, the, the Hass principal, <laughs> always swearing, always throwing things around. Uh, who would be... I think people would love... Uh, da- well, Dan Bigger, I really do. Once, I think yeah. once you see mm. the commitment and how he handles himself and the things he says, and the, you know, mm-hmm. I think he'd be you know, uh, pr- pretty good. Uh, it'd be somebody like... In my experience, it'd be someone like... Um, even though he's not playing international at the moment, but... Um, Riri McConaughey that kind of character who you don't really know but actually once you discover you think oh, that is a really good bloke mm. really really good bloke yeah yeah, yeah I, I quite like Genji as well as in like he's he's quite interesting he's he's a bit different and unorthodox in yes. a similar way to Joe Marler is different and, unorth- un- un- and unorthodox I think maybe being a international 
prop has something to do. Uh, You've got to be a little uh, bit unorthodox. Ellis Genji is different, unorthodox, very interesting, and terrifying. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is interesting. He's on as the edge, well. isn't he? He, you make, yeah. he makes you feel that things will go very wrong for you very quickly. Yes, <laughs> he's dangerous and exciting. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what he is. He's, <laughs> he's like driving. A, he's like driving a TVR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and move, moving on to uh, the England game in France then and, and congratulations mm. to France by far mm. the best team uh, and, and of, Grand Slams are no mean feats that is a huge achievement incredible to see him do it yeah, yeah. Know, it's just uh, it, it, and it's also, it's also awesome to watch the French people in the bar watch them do it <clears throat> that was very good fun so they all after the, I, ga- after the game they, all the French uh, guys and girls sat on the floor and were passing each other like crowd surfing over <laughs> this line of French guys and <laughs> yeah, girls on the floor. You do the rowing the boat thing, yeah. yeah. End up, but they just passing, passing girls and blokes boys, and girls. anything they can find. Yeah, it was great. I got very badly manhandled by a fifty-year-old French man every time France scored points and read them right. <laughs> it. Did so you I think give, you were English? Or yeah, just... and I was like, I, I'm supporting France. He's giving me dead arms and all sorts. <laughs> yeah, you were Welsh on that occasion. You were happy to declare your Welshness then. Uh, yeah, I was fully fully supporting France. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's funny because you asked how was the mood to Tim before. I was, I was um, fairly relaxed and sanguine about it because mm. it was it was expected. Yeah, was. I, 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 France were always going to expect this. And there, there was times at the game where England played some good stuff, and you thought when they got back to was it thirteen ten or fifteen thirteen? Uh, yeah, it was at a, one point. Yeah, and you thought oh, there's a bit of momentum. They're doing well. Um, when Freddie Stewart scores that try, you thought maybe, mm. but then France just had that cutting edge of like the Dupont try. So, yeah, the way I thought about that game is exactly how Eddie described it in his press conference. When he's asked, is, "Where were the turning points?" and he mentions, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he does mention that he thought the French might have a bit, a bit of pressure on them if you know if they executed. Did they get held up or did they miss an opportunity? Uh, they they missed the, they missed a few opportunities. Mm. Uh, there, there was a, I mean, I'm. France was the better team by a mile. I'm not. This isn't South mm. no, there, really there was yeah. two very clear knock-ons before uh, Wales's try. W- Wales's uh, try on the left was it? Fiku? No. France's try. France's, France's try. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fiku goes in on the corner. Yeah. Fiku goes in on the corner. There were two absolutely clear knock-ons in the build-up to that. But fine. That, that, that happens. Uh, but in the best team one, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Not complaining yeah, about so that. He, he basically thinks. As, well, he was saying that the. There could have been a momentum shift, and France did look like they were feeling the pressure second half. Mm. But they came through it, and that's why they're a good team. And they, they are a good team. And France needed this as well, because they've had these players for a, a good few years now, and they have, up to this point, underperformed. Yep. They, they've first, first title in 12 years, first title since 2009 or 2010. Yep. Um, so they've been underperforming for a long period of time. 18 months out from a World Cup, they had to do it, and they have done it. Like When the pressure's on you to win... It makes it harder. That's when it's and special. They, they have done it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as for how I feel about England, in answer to your question that you asked me ages ago, I'm, ca- I'm kind of with Phil. Um, I, l- I wasn't. I wasn't. Too, I wasn't disappointed. I don't really have any complaints with how England played, uh, with the result, and I, I would also look at it. And I know, you know, looking at lineups is only tells part of the story, and there's much more to it than that. But Honestly, what England players, aside from Maru Itoji, if he was fit, Tom Curry, but out of the 15 that were on the pitch, apart from Maru Itoji, what Englishman would you have put into the French 15? 
Maybe Courts, because I'm... I, May, maybe Courts. Well, so, so, so Courtney would do exactly the same job as, say, Cameron Rocky. I mean, that's literally yeah, or, you know, back row or, or Jalonch, like yeah. a jumping, jumping. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so maybe two follow. in two in the pack, but maybe potentially, maybe, maybe but even him because we've just named two yeah, amazing two world class players. <laughs> <laughs> two players. I, 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 awesome. I do think I would have big courts and Marrow ahead of um, the, the the six and seven. Francis six and seven. Oh, I think, I I think they're they're um, Cross and Jalonch. I think that's where England have an edge. But other than that, yeah, no one. So no, so no. if if we, so as much as uh, we'll maybe talk, Genja had a buy as well. Are we saying maybe Genja had a buy, but buys, but it's yeah. just awesome. We've got to say, are we saying that because they're not playing well? You know, if they were in a winning team, might you just reverse it and say, actually, yeah, you wouldn't have any of the French players in because they've they've not beaten England. Possibly, I, I'm. I'm not I think, sure I think though. It is hard to to split those, but we, we've got. Like if you look at the England team, we've got players in there who have won multiple uh, European titles, mm. like Marrow, like Jamie George. Um, like, uh, did Daly win multiple? Depends when he went across yeah. to Saracens. But good enough. Uh, but the point being, we've got enough game tape on all of these guys to know how good they are. Yeah, and I, I still, I think we can objectively say there are very, very few. and go back across. a couple of years. And there, w- you'd say Johnny May would have been on one wing. Yep, because he was right up there. But right, you, that, that, that was because they were winning and France were losing. Teddy Thomas. Is better no, no, than no. It's because Johnny May. May was objectively he incredible. Was best, he was the best winger in the world for Not a period as good of time. Him and Colby were the two best wingers in the world. I think Teddy Thomas shaded him even at his best. Well, maybe. I, I don't think so. I think and so. I, th- I think the running game, Teddy Thomas is. Even better than Johnny May, but Johnny May, what what he did made him very good at what made him the best stuff. in the world was he was arguably the best in the world under the high ball for a period of time, which he, he went from being erratic but super talented when he was uh, in his early twenties to being super talented and rock solid dependable. So I guess my point is, like, yeah, maybe part of it is form. I, I do get that. However, I think generally speaking, you can say. There are very, very few English players you would substitute into the French team. And add on top of that, some of the guys that would retain the shirt if you were to con- come up with a combined team are the best player in the world in their position. In their position. And in some very, very important as, positions as, as well. I think Slade would be one of the guys you'd retain. But only in... I mean, I, he's a classic example. You wouldn't probably retain him now, but if he started playing well and he was in that team, then you'd think he'd be looking like one of the best players on the planet. I, 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 Marchant, Slade, um, sorry, uh, Smith, Slade, Marchant ended the South Africa victory in the autumn. And when they've played together in the last couple mm. of games, they've looked really good. Yeah. Marchant, Marchant looks great. He's, he's playing really well. And this was, although they only scored the one try, which was from a good strike move um, off a line out with Marchant going through the middle, um, they did play some of their better attacking rugby in this game. Still not. It's still not up to scratch. That's like, this is the problem, yeah. and that's that is a nice combo: Smith, Slade, Marchant. And Slade was getting Smith into space mm. in yes. the way that we saw in the autumn so, a little bit. Just on that, right? So everyone is talking in the press about firing Eddie. I'm kind of there uh, that he sh- he certainly shouldn't be in charge. But in a way, you're kind of looking at it the wrong way. I think. Well, certainly people think they should fire Eddie immediately because, of course. It is an Eddie Jones team. The reason he should be fired is not because of the coaching decisions he's made, but because of the continual coaching appointments. I mean, they must be on their fifth attack coach now. Probably more. 
I, I think, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. no wonder they can't attack. Attack it, you know, the fluidity in attack isn't an accident just through the sheer brilliance of your players. It's from months and months and hours of hard work and training getting used to combinations. Had England played well and had a win against Scotland, I know it's all shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be unhappy with the Six Nations. Uh, I think you've always got the to be Scotland a... one was the one that really annoyed me because we, Scot- we just... Scotland was annoying, and it's it's the attack for me. Yeah. Now I, I wouldn't fire Eddie now. I would I would keep him. I wouldn't fire Eddie now beca- because, because he's so you've expensive. got and and you've got even if money was no object, if money was no object, I wouldn't fire him because what can you do between now and the World well, Cup? Who's available? Well, yeah. well Raz, Razzy Erasmus took over South Africa. In, in a similar time frame. And if Warren Gatland was ready to go, then I, I could understand, actually, I could understand it. I'm, I, I'm actually not clam- yeah, clamouring for it like who, you know, many in the media are, but... I think Borthwick would be my... Both, Borthwick or Baxter would be the two... Baxter gets the right to refuse it. Mm-hmm. I hope he does, because I would like to appoint Borthwick. Uh, the other one... Could you imagine if Leicester, Borthwick, get, <sighs> get like two good years of, of Borthwick and then he's gone? Skivington, Skivington. I mean, that's a hell of a hell of a. That's a ju- that's a jump. <laughs> yeah. But um, he's done some good stuff in yeah, a short space Skivington of time. I, basically, a line out, a line out focused forwards uh, coach as your head coach. That's, how, that's... how many international coaches have been so early in their career and done well? Uh, Andy Farrell is only looking good now, but uh, uh, you, uh, as I keep pointing out, I, there are Ireland fans that are that are saying how good Andy Farrell is now, who were. Desperate for him to be fired a couple of years ago. Yeah, we'd want Andy Farrell. I mean, he's obviously very well supported by his union. You know, mm-hmm. he's got all of the resources possible. Might so is Eddie. You know, so I, yeah, I think Andy Farrell's doing a pretty good job now from not doing, for not not starting particularly strongly to actually doing. Yeah, he's uh, pretty, my, pretty my, good. You my point to... being, actually, I mean, and even though Andy Farrell was quite early, relatively in his coaching career, he'd still worked at British Irish Lions, worked at international. Setups, but not a different fan- defense coach. But in fairness, not a fan- not a fancied pick. I remember when they made him because he'd failed so badly. And with, Joe Schmidt had been so good. Yeah, he'd failed so so badly with the Lancaster crew. He's obviously tarred with mm. that World Cup loss, uh, as was Mike Hatt. Um, mm. And then he picks up the Ireland job. Yeah, he's um, he's my, really bounced back. I, I, I guess the point much. I was making is saying, "Oh, I want Borthwick for England." I can see that, but it's um, well, it, it, international rugby's. <laughs> There's very, very few people that are, uh, have that little... I, mean, I know Borthwick's been in the international squad now, think about it. Like, he was with England, he was with Japan before that. Yeah, actually, that's that's a fair point. I'll take that back. So, you just want to... I always think about it like this, and premiership clubs do this all the time, is they just reappoint the same old faces over and over mm. again, and they get confused as to why the results aren't changing. Pr- Premier League football is the, yeah. Wor- yeah. the worst. Neil Warnock, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holiday, we'll six months for Allardyce. And then what, what's his Steve, face? Roy, Roy Hodgson. Steve Bruce. Remember, it used Russell to be Dave Ruffin. Bassett and uh, Harry Redknapp. Exactly. Yeah. So they just retread the same guys over and over again. And when you do something absolutely insane, like fire... What did Gloucester get rid of? Like thirty years worth of experience. Your director of rugby goes. Your super Humphreys yeah. and uh, Ackerman. Um, Ackerman. And did Ackerman come with a super rugby title? If he didn't, he certainly went to a few finals. Yeah, he, he took Lions to a final. I don't think they won. I think no, they I lost. Think they did. Um, you know, you, you get all those guys. You fire them, and then you get Skivington, and you get uh, Waldock. Waldock is defence coach, and they light it up. 
Yeah. So there's loads of talent out there. They need. I think the next recruitment process has got to be very, very thorough. Well, it, very and, thorough to catch those sort of candidates. It's, it's, it is actually. It feels like a bit of a shift because I remember the conversations. I remember the conversations when Lancaster was appointed as to who were the eligible English coaches because it came on the back of the Brian Ashton years and the um, Andy Robinson year and the Martin Johnson years, which were not good years for English, English rugby, no. the RFU, or if you were an England fan. Um, but at that point, when Lancaster got appointment and even appointed, and even when Eddie Jones got appointed. It wasn't like there was a Borthwick, an Andy Farrell, a Skivington, a Baxter at that stage. They just those guys just didn't exist. Yeah. So that there's England do now have options of talented English people with both high level experience, DOR rules, and also international experience. Yeah, and the two which are very interesting for the attacking role, I would say Dave Walder, although Newcastle are not really. Yeah. You know, his attack blows hot and cold. Uh, the other one, this is a. Uh, it's hard to say, but you know, I think Sam Vesti would be very, very good. He's highly rated. Mm. He is. I, I think this is a moot point, though, because no, no, this, none of this is happening. Oh, no, they might fire the coaches. They might not, but not Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones isn't going in. Eddie Jones. No. So it's a really weird one with Eddie Jones. I have spoke to. Um, what else is his name? What else is his name at the RFU? Uh, Bill Sweeney. Bill Sweeney, right? Um, Formerly of the RFU. Is he still there? He's still there. And I think it's weird because uh, just my take on Bill Sweeney is a guy who doesn't mince his words. He is very, very direct, but also sort of quite loyal. I think he's quite. He strikes me as quite straight shooting. And I can't for the life of me work out why he decided to keep Eddie Jones when he had that break in his contract. Purely just for the monetary point of view. Like, the union doesn't have a load of cash because of things, lots of things. You've got this really expensive coach. You've got you've got break clause. You can say goodbye, you know, without any real consequence. You've got loads of people. I mean, the idea that the English coaching job is paid so much, I get it. If you want the best coach from around the world, but actually, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference between him and someone who is in the England system I mean, now. You understand market for, forces, mate. That's just yeah. That, that's just what. Happens how much? There. How much would I need need to pay you to coach England, Tim? Uh. Not how much would you like to get paid? Because I would like to get paid as much as possible to coach. How much England. would you need to pay me? Oh, to be the England coach, I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll do it. I'd do it for less than I'm being paid for my job <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Like, you know, do you think both? But I'm an Englishman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So if you're going to get expensive, expensive foreign coach, that's absolutely fine. I'm all for that if you want to do it. But you could save some money and get a really good English coach, who would probably do it for half half the price. Yeah. Well, we know where we are. It's not happening, is it? So no, it's not. Let's they can't on. afford to do it. So it's, let's, not, it's not happening before yeah. the World Cup. They can't afford to do it. it they wouldn't working. do it anyway. And and I'm and I'm actually one. I'm not. I'm not that bothered about that. I'm not getting as uh, head up as as many other people are no. just now. But it's so it's funny because England obviously finished third. Which, if you say England finished third, that's not a terrible result. <laughs> but it's the Gulf. There are two good teams in the tournament. Ireland are a great team. France are a brilliant team. Everyone else is like also runs. England are, will come out of this wholly disappointed. Scotland, after beating England, they look great, and then they'll come out of this whole tournament wholly disappointed. Yeah. Wales, it's a disaster. Italy, even though they finished last, they won the first game in thirty-seven. Um, so they'll they'll have some positives, and they've they've got some talent. They've played some nice stuff. So it's yeah. 
the different the gulf between where France and Ireland are compared to where everyone yeah. else is is massive. Yeah, and it's not entirely surprising as much as everyone says England have this uh, have a huge player pool and should be doing much better. Blah blah blah. I get that. However, some good points made uh, on some of the emails. Matt in Cornwall, Matt Stevens, contact techchasers at gmail dot com says, uh, "All right, chaps, am I right in thinking England finished the game with zero flankers and wingers on the field? These used to be positions of strength. Where are the wings and flankers?" I realise there are injuries, but England's strength in depth, question mark, question mark. It makes a very good point. A couple of years ago, I mean, who are the players that you would say, oh, England, hmm. if they don't have any wingers and flankers, oh, you get them in straight away. There's not many. Alfie Barbary maybe, but he hasn't started a he's test not, match. Yeah, he's not even been in the squad yet. Well, he's so, been, been in the wider squad. Wingers, Adam Radwan's been around, but and I think he's exciting, but, he's, I, I, but I also don't necessarily think he would... He's ready to, you know, go up against. But you don't France. know, do you? That's the thing. Unless you give him, the, I mean, if Adam Radwan was no, it was Welsh, but, he'd be. But, but take, 20, take the 20, point. Caps more. Take the point. As much as you say the oh, whole England player pool, is there really the player pool that well, everyone's this saying? This is the problem with England, right? You only get a shot at England if you are absolutely world, world, world class, right? That's the only way because it, you, they would develop you in, in, in Wales because they don't. It's, it's, it's to your point, isn't it, about the Scottish back row? Oh, we've got three flankers, awesome. We've got a back row now. Yeah. You know, that's that's how, it, how it works. Those three flankers wouldn't get a look in. Say, they probably wouldn't. Hey, probably uh, wouldn't. Hey, Watson, my Jamie Ritchie, probably not. I mean, but... J- Watson's amazing. Watson he's is played amazing. In, he's played international. Everyone loves him. Everyone recognises him. Matt, Matt Fagerson wouldn't be starting eight for England. No. I mean, do you think no that chance. Hamish Watson coming through an academy in England stands out at six foot two? At six foot two... Uh, you know, back, uh, back row in the Premiership. Who cares? I Who think cares? he'd have a shot. He's that good. Well, he would. I think he'd have a shot. It'd be like, he'd be like Sam Simmons. Everyone'd be like, "Well, why is he not not in the team?" He'd be in and out. He would have a good thirty caps less. What? Uh, did you see the Hamish Watson start from? Oh, this is week? It the fourth Sixth Nations tournament in a row where he hasn't missed a tackle. So he's made two hundred nineteen successful tackles in in the six. Nations since he last missed a tackle, <laughs> and in, in the Six Nations and in Test rugby overall, including playing for the Lions, he's made three hundred and fifty-three tackles say, since he missed one. Maybe Hamish Watson's a bad example, which I use there. But there are other, he, Hamish Watson yeah. might. There he, are other guys that I could use this uh, argument with. Not yeah. Hamish Watson, maybe he, oh, he is good enough. Chris Harris would be a. Yeah, who we've mentioned before would yeah. be wonderful for England. Wonderful now, but they yeah. never got the chance. Yeah. Now, one thing um, I wanted to mention: Freddie Stewart getting a lot of lot of praise, and he played well. His aerial game was great. He took his try really well. We mentioned his out of position. You mentioned it particularly, JB, for the was it Cuthbert try or yes? Um, he was out of position for the Jalonch try. I don't know yeah, if you've, yeah, if you've seen see. that. He basically takes no one. He like jams in in between three players when Untermach breaks through down the left-hand side for the... Oh, the Jalonch try where he sort of reaches over. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so there were similarities, exactly as you say, with, so with the Cuthbert try. And, and yeah. it would be easy for people to say, oh, that's because he was playing on the wing. But no, a, a, an international fullback exactly. like, against yeah. Cuthbert and opposite was, yeah. Jalonch... You you and, will find yourself as the last man if yeah. you're a fullback because you you have to yeah. loops so there's there is no excuse now there. he now he may have done the textbook right thing and Wales and France may still have scored but but 
he actually didn't. He was in no man's land on both of those occasions. Yes. The, yeah. That's, that would be my exact point. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. Um, let me think. And I, I think he played very well besides that. Oh, that, that is a... If, if defences can identify that, and defences will... Sorry, if attack, international attacks can identify that, he will be put in some very tough positions. Yeah. Let's just talk about the game a second, because we've not actually touched on the game yet. Um... I thought the two best players in the first half actually happened to be English. But they were Let me a... guess. Will Stewart and Ellis Genge. Ellis Genge was one, yes. Will Stewart did have a good game. No, I thought Nick Azikwe was brilliant in the, in the first half. Well, mm. every time he made an intervention around the ruck or in the line-out, he looked really, really good. And Yeah, he just... I think teams do benefit from, from having that extra line-out option. And England, mm. with their three line-out options, it makes a big difference. Mm. It is useful. Um, there was an interesting point on... Um, email from Miles Burley. Yeah, I got that email up actually. Yeah, go yeah, on. Uh, um, mentioning the the lack of um, jacklers in the back row, the balance in the back row. Um, so now, while obviously having Courtney Laws and he's a quality all round player, he's a massive advantage in the line out. He's not really a jackling flanker. No. And his point was in the games where England have played France, where you've had better balance i.e. Um, two jacklers, so Wilson and Curry, or, yeah, Wilson or Curry, England have won, when you've had a line-outs option um, as a six in there. Which has been laws every time, wearing six in 2018, 2020, and 2022. Yes. Defeat when it's been Wilson, Curry, Wilson, Curry in 2019 and 2021. Yeah. Victory. And that's a very, very good point, that, Miles. Very well observed. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, I mean that—that that is, if if one of the pundits on the telly had had made that point, we would be praising people. Would the, be praising them. People would be praising their punditry, and one of our listeners has emailed us that. There we go. Yeah, outstanding. Thank you, Miles. Uh, yeah. So, uh, is it quite good? Genj, excellent. Uh, but the problem with Genj was he was good. So Gen- Genj is interesting because he was used in a way that we've never seen Genj or really any loose head props be used. <laughs> Do you know what, I was thinking about this. There's a few examples now of loose head props being literally, literally the most exciting attacking player on the field. So the ones that I can think of, and I don't know if this is a trend to be continued or if it is... Uh, an indictment of the team that they play for. <laughs> right. I would say props in general because, like Tong and Thor for Australia. Yeah, yeah. Tupu. That's a good point. Yes, because they're, they're enormous. Explosive Tanya, yeah, men. Tanya Tupu. But for the loose heads in this country, Bevan Rod 
genuinely is the most exciting player when he gets the ball for sale. Like he's doing miss passes, he's offloading. You know, that, he just is. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that Mako was the absolute mm. you know, playmaking fulcrum because his hands are great, he can carry, he can carry wonderfully. Uh, now, Genji's... Yeah, Gethin Jenkins was always a bit of a baller. Yeah, yeah Gethin Jenkins is a great show, actually. So, with Genji, he doesn't have those ball skills of Rod or... Um, Not the hands, but... but he has a go-forward. His carrying is yeah. he carries another like level. Yeah, he does. You could put him. You could. Let, in fact, I don't know why you don't put him at eight. Why, why not just? Don't, he he's is, just ta- he he's is a terrifying. baby. He's a baby rhino. Yeah, but his carrying is the, the the other person who is as good a carrier um, as him is Barbary, who's that like low yeah, they're left, very similar, they're actually, similar they? explosive, aggressive, slightly. They're not. They're not like six foot five. They're a bit more compact. Cube. Low center of gravity. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be quite fun to uh, to get Genge Barbary on there. is what Sam Simmons should be, right? If Sam Simmons weighed more than 90 kilos, then he'd be carrying exactly. like, carrying like <laughs> Genge. <laughs> and what are the differences between those two boys? 10 kilos? Between Simmons and Genge? Yeah. yeah Genge it's probably about 110. I'd, I'd say it's probably something like 104, which is Simmons. Genge is not And Genge, Genge is probably 114, one, something like that. I would, I would guess. Yeah, that, that's not a big man. I mean, it's you know big when you get on the it, shops. It's not Uini Antonio. It's not big. a big man. He's just he's, he's um he's listed here as 121 kg Genge. I mean, that's getting, that is that's that's that, getting, getting, that is a big. That's, that's getting substantial. That's north of 19 he's stone. Not, he's not. That he's not big. that big. I don't think he's that I big. So that that's big. that's Wikipedia. Let's see if we've got his England profile. Yeah. Not, that they, not that these are ever right. They should weigh them on the day of the game. I've said this. How many times? Great. In, England's England profile is 117. So. Eighteen and a half stone. Yeah, I could go with that. So that that is pretty, I mean, that's pretty sizable. I mean, that's pr- that is very sizable given he's what like six, five, six five ten. Is oh, he six no, it's uh, listed as six one. Can I tell you? The difference? I'm not sure he's that quite that tall. Maybe, maybe, six, maybe six foot. Can I tell you the difference between Ellis Genge five, and, 11, and six, Sam yeah. Simmons? Why one can carry at that level and the other one doesn't carry it as well, despite them, you know. Should, they should be equally as good carriers. Mm. I would never ask Ellis, Ellis Genge if, if it's okay to weigh him. <laughs> it just, it's, you different. Would, it's, diff, it's a different yeah beast, you're, right. you're Alice, right could I weigh you what no. <laughs> but to Miles's point in that, in that fantastic email the breakdown was one of the areas where France won this game mm. Eddie said that as well Eddie said that in his post-match yeah why why tell me why you think that is just disrupted and slowed down England's ball Audrey Audrey Jalonch and Crow all menaces and then you've got Marchand <clears throat> who can do the same Wokey yeah, can Marchand. get involved and do it Marshall's good. Even Cyril Bai can get in over the ball. Yeah. They can all do it. Yeah, I, And Fiku's amazing at it. Fiku's such a good player. Yeah. yeah. He's I, only I, 20, I can, I know, I can never believe how young he is. Because he feels like he's just been around forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big, big fan. Um, when I went... Sorry, when I said, why is that? I don't mean necessarily like, you know, I know the French guys are good. Do they just not look after their, their ball? Is it their clear-outs? Is it their carries? I mean, these things are never in isolation. There's always a way to defeat it. Mm. And you know, Eddie seemed to be of the opinion that he his players did not look after the ball well enough, which I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, they they didn't because they didn't get enough ball. But what was the failure that caused that? Yes. Could they have fought that a little bit harder in contact or on the on the deck? I don't know. Well, it's not the first time he's mentioned the breakdown. He mentioned it at the start of the rebuild of this team, where he mentioned the speed. That they play at, 
It's like 1.4 seconds or something for the ruck. Oh, the the ruck speed of France is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Unreal. It's, you know, it's a question that, you know, do France ruck better or do England not, not defend as well? And what I don't like about this whole thing is if he's identified that he needs quick ball, and that's his, that is his direction of travel to win games, he's either got to realise now that he doesn't have the players to win it and come up with a new strategy, or admit that he's failed to coach the team to implement that strategy, strategy or failed to pick the players to uh, achieve that, well, that well, strategy. Well, to that, I would actually say one player who makes a significant difference, I'm not saying it would have changed the result, but certainly on this point would have made a significant difference. Tom Curry is mm. close to World 15 level. Well, yes, he's close to World 15 level at ruining other people's breakdowns. But the guy you want, I think, to clear up actual breakdowns everywhere is somebody more like Launchbury just an absolute mutant that runs around clears yeah, rocks that's a fair point yeah, you know, there's a different skill set isn't there between yeah. stealing a rock and just menace alright uh, but yeah. Launchbury hasn't played a lot of uh, rugby to- uh, Tom Curry's injured but, uh, but let's say let's say both of those are in and who's, who's the second row that's Chodiels. Uh Johnny Hill as well Johnny Hill yeah, yeah. Johnny Hill's a good job Johnny shot. Hill does that job so you, yeah. if you put Johnny Hill and Tom Curry in peak condition, Mark Wilson in, into that pack, or Mark Wilson, yeah, or, or someone like Mark Wilson, or whatever. You put a couple of people in peak condition into that pack, and I think I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it, it doesn't change the result, but I'm, no, but it makes a su- substantial difference to that particular yeah. area, which was pivotal in the game. Yeah, and if that's what if that's what they built everything on, and they can't get that one thing right, it's like saying you know we're a driving lineout team and not being able to perform your lineout. But, but this goes back to the supposed massive player pool. And yes, England have lots of players, but do England have lots of players at the required level? Because back row, flankers, we've already identified it. Wingers, we've just identified it. And second row, we've been talking about it for ages. I think they do. I think they really do. Uh, but I don't know what it is. They just don't. They don't seem, don't seem, they don't seem to back the right players. Uh, yeah, and it, there is a problem with... Injuries and attrition, they can't manage their player squad in the same way that Ireland yeah. can, for, yeah. for example. I mean, uh, not to go over all ground, Will Rowlands could have played for, for England mm. quite, quite easily. Mm. Thomas Francis. Uh, Thomas, there would need to have been some sort of simultaneous meteor strike on every Premiership rugby ground and Thomas Francis to be on holiday, right? <laughs> so for Thomas Francis to play for England. And yet, here he is, at, you know, absolute world-class prop now. No two ways about it. Mm. Just back in the right, and I think because they identify his kids really early on in in the English system, I'm not sure they're a massive fan of late developers either. Mm. You're either painted with the your world class brush, or you're not. And well, Mark Wilson not, is one very notable yep. exception to that. There was another one I was thinking of. Who's the other one that's come through late? Connie Laws started rugby late as well. Didn't yeah, but fa- fa- fairly late. Although he is the most capped English forward now, is he? Oh, no, in, no. In the, he, he made his squad. England cap aged like twenty, didn't he? Though? Yeah, but he's only been playing rugby for yeah. like five years when, yeah, when he yeah. when he started that. I mean, he's got some um, natural talent. The fact yeah. that he's six foot seven and is just so, such a good all round athlete. Yeah, so yeah, if you're not already in the England system and they haven't identified you as something, someone potentially world class, I think you really struggle to mm. get a shout by the time that you're twenty five, mm. twenty six. I think there is something. There's something. There's something in that. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. So well done, France. Well done, France, France indeed. Fantastic. France, yeah. Like you said before, they, they missed a few chances, um, but it's just how clinical they are. Those tried the Fiku tried the it was the cross, not um, Francois Cross, not um, Jalonche, and the Dupont try. That Dupont try of Aldrit just 
gets that half pick up oh. half yard and the offload. He knows exactly where Dupont is. Dupont knows where the space is. Try time. Yeah, Villiers. We need to talk about him for, for five Gabriel Villiers. Uh, this is a harsh thing to say, um, a player that I really do like. But Jack Noll must be looking at Villiers and thinking, that's what they think I am. <laughs> because that is exactly what we're seeing. Poor Jack Noll. That guy so many, luck. So many injuries. Uh, I saw him get injured. He went is off it, after 20, yeah. 25 minutes, shoulder. Do you know what it is? Uh, I don't. Was it wrist? Yeah, he, it was when he it, when he went up for it, competing for a catch and it came down hand was the first thing that made contact with the ground and uh, mm. yeah yeah so Villiers I've been thinking I've been giving him a lot of thought of late did he play scrum half at some point not that I'm aware of he, he might have done because he's not a, not an enormous bloke he looks to me like he's played scrum half mm. and if he has uh, I think he is do you know when you hear one player and they go oh yeah that's a good idea That that's going to sort of change, change the mould and then others come along so I guess originally it would have been Shane Williams who was a scrum half moved on to the wing. More recently it was Colby scrum half moved on to the wing. Villiers looks like he's a scrum half. Whether he is or not, I don't know. But I, I would bet money on him playing a lot of scrum half at some point. Yeah, he, he definitely could do that. Um, so he's, he, he's, a, he's a good player. So He's so deceptively strong as well. Oh, he's so powerful. So, yeah. you know, the leg driving, contact, and, mm. you know, and just the things he does is awareness. The, little, mm. the, the dummy to sell Marrow. I mean, Marrow... Reads every offensive play like a book mm. and steals balls. And just he just completely baffled him. Um, so he'd be one uh, paradigm breaker, uh, um, Villiers, and the other one. I wonder how this will end up. But the Italian, the the twelve stone Italian kid. Twelve. He, he wishes he was twelve stone. Yes, he's about ten and a half. Ten stone. and a half stone Italian kid. Like if he has sustained success, that is really healthy for the game. Because how many how many kids will look at that and go, aha. Mm. That's what I need, and the agility of him. Yeah, like when that, he got that one on one. That was awesome. That like kind of just drift inside a little bit and bang outside. I'm gone. Yeah, you've got to. You've really got to put some thought into how you use him to get him into space. I know this is like the story for everyone, mm. really. You know, uh, but, um, getting your good players in space. But he really. I mean, I can't see how he plays. Uh, in the England, in, in a France team, or in an England team, or in, or or in South Africa's team. Well, he's he's going to Toulouse to fill the Cheslin Colby shaped hole that is at Toulouse. Yes, I hope he's getting paid well for it. I hope so. I imagine he'll, he'll be doing all right. He'll be doing all right. I imagine yeah. he'll be doing okay. Uh, well, uh, God, yeah, he's listed listed here at sixty eight kilos, which is sixty eight kilos, which is it's like jockey weight. You yeah, can, you can you can snatch him comfortably easily. easily. It's such, such two of him. He's listed. You can't snatch times. two of him. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I, I Thank God JB, you can't. I JB, been, can. I, JB could get in there. Get in there. <laughs> um, yeah, ten and a half stone. I mean, you, that could is... clean, you could clean and jerk one of him in each hand. No, you could clean him. Clean. Yeah. You could yeah. clean. You could clean two oh, Capuozos. I, I, I could clean them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could clean two of them. <laughs> Perfect. One in each other. Like, it, it, what he, so sitting on each end of a of a barbell. Awesome. You, get, you could get him up. Yeah. Do, yeah, do some curls. I've had a thought about CrossFit this week, but I won't, I'll save it for the, uh, I'll, save, I'll save it for Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I've Lots had of a people thought, unsubscribing yeah. now. I've had a thought about uh, something related to uh, not the, the C like. word. Yeah, um, we've had which, which again I will talk about on the, I'll talk about on the other podcast. I've I've got an idea which I'm gonna um, 
I'm going to pick up the phone and talk to BT Sport about. Uh, well, Ooh. when you're on the phone to him, can you inform him about the updated rules for for JB's Rugby Eights, which is the new tournament? Uh, I, I might pick my battles. I, I tell you <laughs> what, Rugby Eights. If, if you're a sevens tournament out there, and you want to pick up JB's Rugby Eights as, as the experimental one, well, get in contact. Just on that, it's that time of year, we need to start thinking about sevens tournaments. Yeah, we do. Should we get a team together again? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, if you want to join the Egg Chasers team... Just oh, and, we, and we already have a WhatsApp group of... The boys, uh, the boys that were at the North Dorset Sevens, but that we're open to expanding the yeah. roster. Generally speaking, you need to be in the Special Forces to join, but <laughs> we, we make exceptions. We do make exceptions. And uh, we're quite happy to uh, to enter open divisions of Sevens, but we, we, we also quite like the uh, the Vets. Over, over 35s so yes well, look we won we won both tournaments didn't we so you we know, won both swings and roundabouts <laughs> so we can do either yeah uh, we won uh, 500 quid's worth of prize money and the ball and, and, and the, the ball. ball the trifle ball the trifle ball which yeah. we'll be taking with us to every tournament uh, yeah so if you want to join I'll put you in touch with the team manager yeah we need to get on our, our itinerary together yeah, well, one of our wingers scores weekly in the national leagues mm. weekly and, Hugo, carry, Hugo. and you see he carried off one of the Spanish players yes did he? One of our oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Saw the picture. Yeah, brilliant. So, all good there. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, I just should just say, I know, I know they got the Triple Crown, didn't get the championship, but uh, I think Irish fans are, are rightly feeling very positive about their team. Scotland, not so much, after mm. a very strong start against England. Oh, Stuart Hogg. Yeah, I've not, not watched... Not watch the full game of this because JB and I had other things that we were doing yeah. for, for part of it. Um, but Stuart Hogg, oh my god, that try! But what a tackle from Keenan! Yeah, awesome. That the brilliance of Keenan and the oh, just poor decision making, poor finish, poor execution, brain freeze from from Stuart Hogg. That position, I think that actually is very symbolic about Ireland. Andy Farrell and his players, he, he's been, they've been feeling around for what their identity is, for how they're playing, for what their personnel is. And Hugo Keenan probably is emblematic of that because he was in that 15 shirt when Rob Carney left. They thought, right, we've got our... I know because it was Llama for a bit. Yeah, Llama. But then you had Stockdale they tried out. Yeah, which wasn't particularly successful. No, Stockdale wasn't successful. Stockdale, you it feels like so long since yeah. he's played. Stockdale for a long time. Been out injured. They, they, but, yeah. they, they tried Keenan, then he was out again, and they had other people. And But now they've gone, no, we've got our man. And I think that actually speaks to where Ireland are at. It's They've sort of felt their way through a, a trickier period and have, are very confident with where they're at. And, and They're good for a quarter-final. They? They're, they're, yeah, <laughs> very good for a quarter-final. I'm optimistic that Ireland will do better than quarter-final next year. I've, I think they are right. a very good team. We've gone over the, this same ground with Alman Jones. We'll do it with um, Sexton right now. Get rid of him. Go on. Got to go. So I, I don't... I, think I disagree. The long goodbyes don't work. I, don't think, no, I, I, think, I think he is still playing right, very good rugby. Right, let's give a list of the long goodbyes that have worked. I can think of two. Um, Richie McCaw and uh, Dan Carter... Yeah, that they, would, they won a World Cup in 2015. Martin Johnson was that a long Johnson? Goodbye? No, it wasn't. No, really. he, he, was like... he wasn't there in 2007, was he? No, no, but oh, he, he, he won it and then said, "I'm done." Yeah, him and Jason Leonard, because Jason Leonard won it in 2003. But they didn't have 18 months of waving goodbye to everyone. No, but I, Sexton, I think, is is still playing I, some very, very good rugby. And I don't he was World Player of the Year four years ago. And I don't think that 
might be wrong on this, but I don't think McCourt or Carter announced their retirement. So they weren't saying good, you know, they, they, they weren't doing the whole procession thing coming off early. Has Johnny Sexton announced retirement? I mean, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has because he's doing the whole thing. They're, they're bringing him off a minute early for, for a round of applause and all sorts. So he was waving goodbye to the Millennium Stadium, not so, or whatever, wherever, he, wherever he was a few weeks ago. It's definitely announced, yeah. Mm. I think it, I think it is announced that he finishes after the World Cup. Yeah, after the World Cup. Yeah, after okay. the World yeah. Cup. Which yeah. is very present- He's got another Six Nations. So why would they be going? Oh, you need to get because your round of applause at the Millennium Stadium. Because home and away's. So he's home. Oh, right. Yeah. So he's away this year. You will never play at the Millennium Stadium for an Ireland jersey. So they're bringing them off a minute early. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> But he is still yeah. he's still the, the number one five half he in is. Ireland. The only long goodbyes that I pretty sh- I'm pretty sure have actually been legitimate would be Manning winning a Super Bowl for the Broncos <laughs> and Ray Lewis winning his second second Super Bowl. That that they're the only ones that, that ever worked. <laughs> and Tom Brady this year. No, Have because it. he didn't win. No, no, Tom Brady. Oh, this year. Yeah, next, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. next time coming out. Oh, Tom, Tom Brady in five years' time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With another four Super Bowls. Exactly right. So it just doesn't work, and I don't <clears> think that the second one's going to work. I think they'd be much better just moving on. So Ireland, um, players I like, Hugo Keenan has made that 15 shirt his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Josh van der Fleer has quietly been one of the best players in the tournament. Oh, I agree. I think he's not getting talked up that much. Um, I think he's been absolutely superb. And the other guy, they've kind of f- almost fallen into him playing, but Dan Sheehan has been yes. brilliant, brilliant. Young Leinster. You called it straight away. Hooker. Yeah, really impressed every time I've seen him. Because he's not, uh, he's not the, the biggest. Um, he's not a Marchant-type um, player, but he is just great. Really good all round. I was just thinking, like, France don't even need what's his face the the, the guy that's Schatt. like Camille Chat. They don't even need Chat. Yeah, because they got uh, Mo coming off the bench. Frightening. Yeah. Um, just uh, just noticed that um, Italy beat Wales in the under twenties as well. Yeah. Well, the under twenties are winning everything, are they not? For Italy, they, they, well, beat, they beat England, beat England, Wales, beat Scotland. They finished third. They've won <laughs> three wins. Fantastic! In, in the under twenties, Ireland have won the tournament. Ireland won a Grand Slam. Um, I've not seen much of Ireland, but there's some talent. Unsurprisingly, there's some talent coming through in Ireland. Yeah, Ireland is a weird one because I have no issue at all with their state-sponsored sports. That's exactly what they do. It's up to them how they spend their public money. Um, but it does strike me that everything about Irish rugby is a bit of a powerhouse. Like even the club game. Um, you know the, the participation. It just feels I don't know why. When we get players over from Ireland playing in Manchester, they all seem to be of a pretty high standard now. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it, it does seem rather promising. Mm. And also, the school system's incredible. Yeah, not only that, yes. the knowledge of the fans. Like I, I think because they don't have professional football there, you, you get a lot of people that just love sport who are attracted to that rather than. You know, going to watch United I, or something. I love, and I'm, I'm going to uh, Ulster in a couple of weeks. Mm, um, awesome. But I love whenever you go to, I mean, it's particularly the Republic, but you get it as well in in the North. But the I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. You can sit and have your breakfast and read five full pages of rugby coverage yeah. in mm. the national papers. You just, you get... The knowledge of the Irish fans is really, really awesome. quite mm. So we, we were sat with these boys in uh, an Irish bar, and unsurprisingly. Uh, Lent, uh, from the like, Dublin area 
and they just you know they just know their rugby inside out, inside out. Yes, you can get a real good nose. Yeah, it was quite good fun that wasn't yeah. it? Real, real, real line-out chat. Yeah, <laughs> really, re- really getting on my pedal stool about how many times you should tra- train a week and you know num- numbers to training. Real, real, real stuff. And about how good Stuart Lancaster is. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I enjoyed them all cheering England on for that couple of hours. <laughs> Normal order has re- has now resumed. Yeah, because Ireland they got the fourth try bonus point is the last play of the game, didn't yeah. they? Pretty much, which meant that they. Uh, oh. You missed the other massive game of the weekend. You 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 know the massive game of the weekend. Uh, Sedgley had a, an enormous. Oh, oh, what, win. what happened this evening? Georgia Spain. Uh, Georgia won big time. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Big time. Yeah, fifty points to fourteen or something yeah. like that. No. Was slightly disappointing, but um, I was looking back at rugby Euro Championship. Spain have now finished second. I think three of the last four um, yeah. tournaments. Spain are getting there. Yeah, getting yeah. there. Maybe yeah. maybe. maybe Back to Madrid, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. That, that, that they will be. Where will Spain Portugal be next season? Uh, that where will was be, it this year? It was in Madrid this year, so that so will, be, that in will be in Lisbon. So we yes. could do that one. That that'd be good. Spain Portugal in Lisbon. Back to Lisbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. We'll, have a, we'll have a proper tier two tour next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, the biggest game, the biggest game of the weekend. Come on, Phil. What's the biggest game? Uh, Witness versus not Witness Wigan. Wigan. Not, no, not, the seven, not the seven three thriller. Talk H versus Oldham. Yeah. Talk, talk H bonus point win versus versus Oldham. Is this the podcast that? Yeah. <laughs> is, is this the podcast that lads? Yes. Uh, yeah, we've had different. I've had different issues with Oldham, and I, I don't like to play against Oldham because um, yeah, I, yeah, I, it's not gone well for me historically when, <laughs> when I played against them. You like to be out of the country when yeah, you play when it's Oldham week. <laughs> So how did Talk H Oldham go? Should uh, we save this for the domestic? So, so we Should we do this on the domestic podcast? No, because Ooh, we don't. Have not, there is no yeah, domestic rugby. Yeah, we'll just do this. Oh, there's no yeah, real yeah. domestic podcast. Yeah, no, no MWDP this week. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. Good Talk point. H go get 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 the bonus point, which means next week we can win the league if we win against Witness. Yeah, one and two play each other, Ooh. and they're bloody good, and they beat us in the cup. But we beat beat the murder on the in the, in the league. Yeah, That's excited. That, win that win win the league. So if anyone wants to come watch a great game of rugby next ne- next week, and it will be great. It will mm. be a great great game because uh, these two teams can really play. Get down to witness. Get on to witness. Have a pint. Watch watch this game. Well, mm. I'm g- I'm going to say then if if you're anywhere nearby or can get to Ealing, mm. then Ealing Trailfinders versus Cornish Pirates on Saturday afternoon at three p.m. The, the table is poised with Doncaster on... That Doncaster have played a game more than Ealing and Cornish Pirates. Ealing are two points ahead of Cornish Pirates. Whoever wins that game between Ealing and Cornish Pirates will be top of the table going into the final round of games. Mm. So it's finely poised. I know the PRL and RFU have shafted the whole... Uh, should, that, that momentum could, at the end of the season that could still play out in an, another way, but you, another you're way, right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so yeah, if if you can, if you fancy just changing things up a little bit, and you want to see some full-blooded rugby, are they um, the men? I no, no, no. It's at Ealing Trailfinders. Uh, mm. Ealing. So uh, if I were nearby, um, well, I mean, if I was nearby there, I'd go and see the mighty Richmond, incredibly absolutely. well-coached scrum and forward pack. They really are and line out, of and, course. Yeah, the way, so, the way the, the, the way that their coach is. Um, Preserving the career of Mark Bright. Now that's a long goodbye, which really is working <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Mark Bright followed me on Twitter. 
Did he? Yes. Good lad. <laughs> I actually, um, so, uh, my brother takes care of some of the forward pack. I think he's actually looking after the scrum anyway. Because um, we mention it kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, incredibly well coached yeah. forward pack. Um, someone related to or good friends with the forwards coach at Richmond sent them the podcast with a little listen to this bit here this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then took it to the other coaches and went, check this out, lads. Like, and, and my brother went, yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> he was totally deflated. He thought he'd just been... <laughs> I mean, it's true. The Richmond it is. are it... fantastically well coached. You yes. can see that from the way they've been playing. So I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, but... It, it's absolutely yeah. true. It's absolutely true. It's 100% true. So no, he's always about it. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, if you want to support some lower league rugby, and I think it is the national one um, coming to a, a crescendo as well, because you've got here's a tasty like classic match: Blackheath v Roslyn Park. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wonder if Jonathan Mills was coaching Roslyn Park last time I checked. I don't know if he's still there. I think they're going to be promoted to the championship. I think they're looking like they. It's pretty it's, finely balanced co- yeah, there as well, isn't it? Coldy and Sale as well are right up there. For two two Northwest teams, yeah, interestingly, are basically guaranteed to go up or win that league. I think looking looking at it, then they're not. Are they not? They are. Were they top? They they are top. Oh, yeah, okay. But um, Roslyn Park have got a game in hand and are only two points behind them. Ah. Uh, so yeah, it depends. It depends how many go up and down on what happens with the league structures. And all the rest, of yeah, it. because there was some preliminary league structures passed around last week or week or week before, and they're all going to change again. And mm. there's some and there's some talk about London Scottish potentially joining URC or or I've lo- heard this or, a million mm. times before. A or whether they go into the it being the Scottish structure, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I mean, London Irish still talk about this. London Irish still talk about could they link up with the IRFU and maybe mm. borrow some of their players and how you know. All that sort of nonsense. London Welsh was spoken about being the mm. fourth Welsh region. There's all sorts of nonsense that goes on. Yeah. None of it works. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, right. Is Any more for any more? Um, any other business? No, I want to no. go to, I go to uh, bed. Uh, Preston. How did they, I don't think they had a game this week. Did they? No, because you had last week's results. Yeah, so I don't why. think Preston had a game. But next week, Sedgley play Hull. So one one plays two. Yeah, that one uh, oh. in in the league. When? Uh, I think I think it's next week. I'm sure yeah, it's next week, week as well. Yeah. I'm sure it's next that, week. That, I mean, yeah. that might even be more game of the week. No, that so Ealing uh, Cornish Pirates. Are you nuts? If you're in the south, Ealing Cornish Pirates. If you're in, if you're in the north of England, then Torquay versus Witness. Sedgley, Sedgley <laughs> Park versus Hull. Hull. Yeah, if you're in the far, far uh, north, in east, Hull, or just the east, oh, it's in Hull. Hull. It's in Hull. If you're on the east, you may watch out. If, if you're in northwest, you've got to watch. You've got to watch Torquay Witness. Fact, the, you'll uh, be astonished. You'll be astonished. I'll give, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little shout to the to the mall over lads. They've they've been suggesting uh, out of annoyance at the PRL decision. They've been they've been trying to galvanise people to go and go to a local club or a lower league mm. game at some point. I've not seen it with Talk H yet, so it sounds like a lot, a lot, a lot of big chat. <laughs> and, and the the, <laughs> the Premiership product you get on the TV is incredible. So I would definitely watch BT Sport and subscribe to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if if you feel like going and well, checking out a, a local club, hundred percent is your gateway drug, and then you know you want something a bit harder, then nip down to your local club. Mm. But talking about hard drugs, this weekend, uh, I am astonished 
at the amount of attempted cocaine sales at... Um, it was, un- it, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, just bloke's coming up to you on the street. You want to buy some coke? No. Go, no, were they asking away. in English? Yeah. yeah. It's the most like, brazen thing. Dozens of them. I wonder Do- if it's because... Dozens and dozens and dozens. Wow. I wonder if it's because it's being decriminalised. But they start giving you their CV and their bona fides. Like, yeah. No, I'm, I'm Brazilian. So I was like, okay, Brazilian, eh? Okay. <laughs> uh, and the next guy's like, well, I'm Colombian. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, interesting, interesting. But, like, if you've made the, the consumer decision, you do not want to buy cocaine... You're not gonna. They're not gonna change your mind. No, it's, most of them were pretty brazen, like shouting at you. You know, as you're walking okay. down the street, okay. and you're like, no, go away. And then one lad in a in a bar. Um, I was wearing my lion's vest because JB and I had just been for a run, and then we decided to get a few, a quick few pints afterwards. Yeah. Um, and he came up. He's like, uh, "Why are you in the city?" And I was like, "Oh, just here to watch some rugby." Uh, he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm here from Colombia working." I was like, I was like, I was like, um, I was like, what do you do? He's like, Colombian work. <laughs> right, I was like, uh, okay, but, I've got to go. By the sounds of it, he only asked you so that he could tell you what he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, the, the, the art of conversation is dead. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Just well, you know, very few places are that uh, regionally spe- specified. Should I say? Yeah. I mean, if I said, oh, oh, yeah, what can I work you? Manchester work. <laughs> what is that? You in the cotton industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where a mill owner? Yeah. What does it you do? <laughs> Colombian work. Colombian work. Yeah, we, we all understand. Like, we all, we was, all understand. That was during the Wales. That was like one o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I'm wearing a vest and running shorts. Time to, it's always time to party, according to certain people <laughs> in, in Lisbon. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. Glad oh, you came back. One, oh, yeah. one more thing. Oh, yeah, you one, go. one more Lisbon story team. So we met this French guy called Pierre. Ah, oh, Pierre was right. cool. So Pierre was cool. He just sat next to us in the market before you know. He's the, the poor guy. He's deep in conversation uh, uh, with us. Interestingly, he's got. Yeah, I can say he's never going to listen to this podcast. It's, he, unli- it's unlikely. It's unlikely he's ever going to listen. It's going to be even more unlikely he gets this far down. You haven't. <laughs> I think you haven't doxed him with a surname or a, a no, city. No, no. Yeah, from. and Pierre, just Pierre, Pierre from France. Yeah, from France. Pierre from France. I think that's vague yeah. enough. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I won't tell you that bit of the story, actually. Uh, <laughs> it was this. So his uncle or someone, who, uh, yeah, his uncle owns a castle uh, in the Champagne region. Yeah. <laughs> he was, it, it, it quite quickly, he um, knock, thing, knocks about in some good circles. Yeah, there's, there's, there's more going on to this Pierre fellow than, than wow. we realise. But yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and they have a champagne party, right? So all the locals bring their own boxes of champagne and all this champagne gets matched. So, you know, it's... A champagne for your, for your starter, a champagne for your caviar, for your, and, and then the best one, a champagne to party. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, party champagne. <laughs> Create some grapes of party champagne. So I don't know what um, dictates a party champagne, but I'd, I'd love to know the tasting. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the one that Colombian pa- Colombian party <laughs> champagne. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that will probably be the one that uh, when the, in, before the French top fourteen final, when they're in their blazers. And they have some champagne. They'll be having that. They'll be having that one. Well, I assume that would be Matt Champagne. Matt, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Game day champagne. champagne. Which will have some hemo rage. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-workout supplement. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's it. Um, games next week. Predictions. Uh, oh, the return of Don Barrow in the Premiership Rugby Cup. That happened. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Six. He's only twenty-eight. Yeah, he's got loads not... of rugby left. Yeah. We, we played a little. We played before. We talked about him a few weeks back. Did he play before? Yeah. He got it got it got announced about a month, three yeah, or four he, weeks he ago. He came off it? the bench uh, for sale. Oh, oh did he? Did not know that. We mentioned it. Uh, there you go. Well, so, so next week's fixtures. 
We've got Friday night, Gloucester host Worcester. Gloucester. Home win. Uh, home win. On Saturday, all three o'clocks, we've got Bath hosting Sale. Sale. Away win. Away win. London Irish hosting Northampton. That'll be a good fun game. Oh, that's a good game. That. One million points. That's the, yeah. That is the Paddy's Day game as well. So that'll be oh, oh, Irish. Irish are Irish going Irish will win that. Saracens host Bristol. Saracens. Home Saracens. Win. Wasps host Newcastle. Wasps. Home Wasps. win. And then this will be tasty. Exeter Chiefs host Leicester Tigers. That will be tasty. Sunday. Um, Leicester have all of a sudden lost quite a few games, haven't they? So you've got Sale, you've got Wasps, you've got Saracens. Potentially, they've got enough of a buffer. They won't rush. They won't rush the players back, even if they could pick them, which I don't think they can. No, the mandatory yeah. rest period. Yeah, it, it does depend. So like George Ford, I oh, think yeah. will be available. Yeah, but others will not. Genge, for example, will not be available. Genge should no. not be playing. I I play him. <laughs> he'd, he'd want to play. I play. I pay. I pay his bloody wages. You, you. <laughs> oh, I, I can't see past that. Past Leicester. I, I'm similar. I mean, Hog will be playing. Hoggy. Yeah. I, hmm. I don't know. I have betted against Exeter before, and it's gone terribly for me. You just don't Ex- know. Exeter you, have to win. Yeah. Because the ball is not in their court. It's. It's outside of their control. They're, they're already snookered, aren't they? They're looking for favours from elsewhere now. Well, it's, We're it's, getting very close. It's Gloucester, to it. yeah. They're currently sitting in fourth, but Gloucester are two points behind them, and Gloucester have a game in hand. Yeah. So it's it is out of their control. But if they I win this, if they, they win this, it's a big step towards yeah. it. There's so many teams in the Premiership that I like. I just said I hope Gloucester do it, but I also really like Exeter. Hmm. Hmm. Difficult one. And then I think Great the, game. Other, the other three. So Quinns are then seven points ahead of. Exeter, Saracens are one point ahead of them, and Tigers are twelve points ahead of Saracens. So I think the top three are cemented. It's just who joins them. Who are the top top three? Uh, T- Tigers, Saracens, Quins. Yeah, okay. they're, they're they're all far enough ahead. God, this is a no. It doesn't matter. We, I know only four teams can make the playoffs, but it is an absolute disaster for Sale. Mm. It's absolutely. I mean, it's a monumental disaster. Sale could make it because they're only they're only two points behind Gloucester. Yeah, but. It's going to be a disaster for two of those three teams. So yeah, yeah, it will. So if Exeter don't make sale. the top four, that, that well, is a disaster. Pre-season, it, it will be a disaster for Gloucester now because they look like they'd cemented their place yeah, in yeah. the way that Quinns are now looking like they've cemented their place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, But actually, if we'd have started the season and said to Gloucester, oh, you're going to finish fifth, they'd kind of go, well, that's a bit disappointing we missed out, but that's yeah, decent. That's Gloucester, a step on. We'll Gloucester and London Irish, who are, Irish are currently in six, they... Be the same. Irish are going to uh, in the hunt too. So, like, if Irish don't get in the top four, no one they'll, they'll, the yeah, they'll be fine because it's yeah. the trajectory is right. Same with Gloucester, but Sale, it's the trajectory is down. Yeah, Chiefs, the trajectory is very much down. Um, if they don't make it, I wonder if Steve Diamond will be a little bit like um, that seventies team. Is it the seventies Miami Dolphins team? <laughs> uh, the Dan Marino in the eighties. No, no, the one. The, the only team that went unbeaten with Mercury Morris as running back. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, and like so good the, knowledge. Yeah, so <laughs> so the joke is that there's a the, the, this Miami team because they're the only ever teams go undefeated and then win the Super Bowl. Every time the unbeaten team loses, they all have a party. So I wonder if um, there'll be a bit of Steve Diamond's like, well, if they don't make the playoffs again this year, you know, it's a, it's one of those things. So mm. it'll always be, um, yeah. It, 
the, the luck was Dimes couldn't get sales, 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 sales to the playoffs. So I wonder if they'll be a little bit of a Schadenfreude there. If well, Sanderson yeah. did get them to the playoffs. Yeah. Covid year, does it count? <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, count. I, I really mean that. Did, well, it, did, it, well, did that season? It really counted count? the year before when uh, they were partying in student halls in Manchester, and that kept them out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They had twenty six players all test positive. Yeah, all partying in in student digs. Joke, obviously. Of course, it's a joke. <laughs> they did not do that. They did not do that. Probably didn't do it. Yeah, it's um, probably probably not all of them. Well, did and it. also, it's interesting to see how good all this. How good are that sale team? I mean, they're all very, very good. Every, every, everyone's good. But you need the extra 5% from the coaching mm. team to get you to where you need to be. So, you know, everyone, I guess, criticism was well, Dimes doesn't have that extra 10% to get him to the playoffs. He misses out because of that Worcester year. Next year, he goes. Sanderson comes in halfway through ish, 10 games in. I January, think. he came mm. in. Yeah. Gets yeah, to the yeah. playoffs. But now, have they reverted back to what they were previously, which is, you know, fifth, sixth? Hmm. All to play for. Big, big, That's big weekend of games. I love the Premiership. Big weekend of games. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's hope that they do get top top four. Yeah. Right. Nice one. Good stuff. Uh, there you go. All the normal stuff. Subscribe. Leave a five star review. Support us. Patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. Mm. Email us. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Um, there were some domestic based emails that I didn't get to because I was thinking we had a MWDP. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on some of them next week. I apologise and I will get to them. Um, Thank you very much to those um, emails. Hey, oh, no, do you, do you know what? I'm going to mention um, Tosh Wilcox, because this just speaks to the calibre of our listeners. Yes, please. You'll love this. Hi, Tim, Phil and JB. I've been listening for a while, and I just... Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Positive stuff. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's beneath us. He says, around the Lions tour last year, there was a podcast where you were talking about the kicking coaches, and one of you suggested, instead of a kicking coach, why don't players have their own personal kicking caddy? Oh, okay. That was JB. Uh, well, I've been thinking about this sort of thing for a while as well. Specifically, where the best place to kick a conversion from is. And it turns out there's been a lot of research and papers written about the mathematics of rugby conversion kicking. Ooh, wow. Which I thought might appeal to Phil. Yes. Uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I majored in mathematics. I'm, when I say majored, I'm assuming American. that means, Tosh, you're American. One of our American listeners. Good to have you on board. He says, um, I majored in mathematics in college and I'm an amateur app developer so I decided to make an app called Rugby Kicking Caddy the app yes the app calculates <laughs> awesome the, the app calculates where on the field you should aim when kicking for touch after a penalty and how far back you should move the ball when kicking a conversion to maximise your angle towards the goalposts and therefore maximise your margin of error and your chance of making the kick the app is called Rugby Kicking Caddy I think it would be useful for kickers who already have a high I success so. percentage uh, and want to get a little bit better uh, it, so he said here's how I see it working after a try has been scored someone brings a tee out for the kicker the person will know of the kicker's range and will have the app on their phone so instead of handing the player the tee and letting them decide where to put it they will just set the tee down in the optimal location <laughs> and let the kicker kick from that spot <laughs> and he sent us a link to the app which is in the app store rugby kicking caddy there you go yeah, So and that's all off and off the cuff conversation on the podcast there JB. we go well, I, I imagine this will be destined to um, the the scrap heap of brilliant rugby ideas that should be game changing, but never for whatever reason because back, rugby is a little bit backwards was not was not embraced properly. It'll be there with uh, the stick mitts, yeah. uh, 
the grip tips. The grip, yep. Yeah, grip is grip tips. Sippers grip tips. Uh, the the eliminated knock on. The way bridge. The way bridge. Way bridge. Yeah. I mean, we've got so the, many the of these eights, things. The forward eights. Yeah, yeah. Rugby eights. Yeah, rugby, rugby eights. Is that is it going to be nine players on each team because of scrum half? Mm, good question. Do you just play with eight? Yeah, good question. Well, I'll we'll, we'll, we'll flesh that out, flesh that out we'll before I take it to BT Sport. Oh yeah, the idea I'll take to BT Sport because so this one yeah. that is because um, the CrossFit thing, the C word, is um, I was did a workout with a guy on Friday night, and he's a he coaches footballers, and we just got chatting and stuff. And we're like pre-season, each player puts forward three players, yeah, and they could go for a strength guy, an endurance guy, and someone who's kind of balanced, or they could just go for three sort of balanced players. And you just have three guys from each club representing them, and it's kind of a combine. That's what we were talking about because yeah. this guy plays American football, and it's kind of a in between an an NFL combine and a CrossFit Games mm. as nice. a kind of test of rugby players. Three guys representing each club in a Premiership thing. Do you know what the activities are going to be when you select the guys, or do you just select hoping for the best? I think you would have a, a good idea of the kind of thing it would be. It would be, be, be like world, world's strongest man, but you wouldn't, yeah. be, it wouldn't be specific. You'd know that there would be elements of strength, endurance, yeah. and uh, athleticism, gymnastic ability, or all of that sort of thing. And then, yeah, then you get them like a dead, just you know, one rep, one rep max deadlift in a 10 minute window could be one of the activities. That is awesome. Yeah. And then you do a, you've got a 800 meter run followed by whatever, whatever it yeah. would be, but yeah. how. Almost, I'd prefer to watch that than a, one of the sevens, sevens tournaments that happens in pre season. Oh, Jamie's Rugby that. Eights is going to dominate sevens tournaments. And, and it's that, be... that as well, either the Rugby Eights or uh, that or both, the shareable content from that as well, because like, you'd get these little little um, shareable clips would be excellent. So I feel like I should tell you about Jamie's Rugby Eights now, but what we do for the, pa- for the patrons... <laughs> Yeah, save that. And what because because this is the end of a long podcast, and some people might have missed it. That, yeah, I mean, exactly. that needs pride of place on another podcast. Absolutely, at time. it does. Uh, yeah. So, uh, interesting CrossFit story. I work out with an English football player. What? An, a current English international footballer who plays for Man City goes to my gym. Is hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, this is going to be win, women's women's. Football. Football. It is. It is. Yeah. Karen Bosley. He's ah. really. He's really quite cool. Hmm. I got a lot of interesting things to say about um, someone came well, all sorts of sport actually. Someone came to CrossFit a while back and they haven't been back since. They were just and it was a Sail Sharks and Ireland rugby player. Mm. Can I women's rugby player? Oh really? Yeah, but they only came for a, a couple of weeks cuz and then cuz they were then going back to the training and they just wanted to, something to do for a couple of weeks. Uh, but, uh, she was quite impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Right, enough enough. Right. Let the boys play.